Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, I've got the pleasure of preaching on another carol this morning. And we have had some fantastic messages over December, so please go and listen. We had a beautiful moment of irony last week, though. I was out in the cafe with Abigail whilst Tim was preaching, and he was preaching the point mine, just as his two-year-old son was fighting over a train with a toddler, going, mine, mine, and Ree was going, listen to your father. It was quite beautiful, but uh, please do listen online. Um, but I remember at the start of the series thinking, how on earth do you preach on a carol? I didn't really know how to do it. And then I've been thinking about it and thinking about, you know, pulling things together. And I got my one thing, actually, last Sunday when we were singing the carol that I am preaching on this morning. And we were singing, Oh, come, let us adore him. We were sing I'm preaching on, Oh, come, all you faithful this morning. And I like carols. I, I really enjoy singing them. Um, I've sung them probably every Christmas that I've been on this planet, which the young adults are still working out how old I am. So we'll just leave that there. Um, but uh, and like you, you've probably sung it every, sung carols every Christmas since you've been around. If you've been in a nativity play or a school assembly or you've been to church at Christmas, you will have sung carols. And I've and I'm a bit ashamed to admit it, particularly because if if you come to this church, you know that I often sing and I help to lead people in praise and worship. I kind of forget that carols are songs of praise and worship. And it's a bit of a mm, moment. And last week, when we were singing, Oh, come all ye faithful, and we got to, Oh, come let us adore him. I was like, ah, oh, we've got to come and adore Jesus at Christmas. And sometimes we forget in the midst of Christmas that actually it's a very holy thing. And we are to come and adore Jesus, and not just worship. The word is adore. That's a really weighty, weighty word. There's, if you've been following the Bible reading plan, which we've been doing as a church this December, which, by the way, I've, it's been a fantastic plan. I've really enjoyed it. Like, it's got full of devotion. So if you haven't done it, just go find it now, and we, we'll post the link or something, Ben. <laughs> we'll post the link, because it's brilliant. Like, if, 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 you know, if you want to catch up on it, it's not too late, because there's been some fantastic devotions. There was a quote in Friday's one, and it said, The mistake that many of us make is that we are distracted by the magic of the season, when what is actually occurring is the miraculous. And there's nothing wrong with the magic. Like, it's wonderful to enjoy. We, this is our first Christmas as parents. And, uh, you know, Abigail hasn't got a clue what Christmas is, really. But she loves all the lights. And she's, she's quite taken by all the lights. And she tries and reaches and grabs baubles, which is slightly frustrating. But, uh, but I'll have to get over myself. But there's nothing wrong with the magic. There's nothing wrong with the carols. But we have to look deeper and remember that actually there is something very, very miraculous and holy taking place at Christmas. The angels declared and praised God as Christ the Lord. And to, to many, many different characters in the nativity story, and Christ means the Messiah and the Savior and Lord. And this is where I think I've perhaps missed it at Christmas. Lord is power, it's authority, it's victory, and it's majesty. We have an invitation to go deeper this Christmas, to go deeper, to worship Jesus, not for the baby that was born, but for the man and for the God that resides in the baby boy. 
we have an invitation to come and adore him. And this carol is, it tells us how we can come and adore Jesus. It's a real simple message today, but it's, you know, it's two days before Christmas. Let, let's, let's go with simple. And uh, let's, let's look at how we can come and adore Jesus. The first way we can come is we come faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful. That's, oh, come you who have faith. And what is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith has weight to it. It has substance. It is something of strength and it is something of of conviction. And why can we come with faith? Because of who Jesus is. And again, this carol tells us. In verse 1, he is born the king of angels. In verse 2, and again, this is how, this is how familiar we get with carols. Because I'm like, oh gosh, I don't even know what I'm singing sometimes. It says, God of God, light of light, very God, begotten, not created. And we sing those words. And I'm like, actually, do I know what they are? And it comes from the creed that um, I was brought up Church of England. So I used to say the creed week in, week out. God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made. I can still remember it. But uh, it is, you can't make God. God is God. There isn't anything higher than God. He is light. He is light of light. He didn't make light. He is light. There is nothing higher than God. The chorus is Christ, the Lord. And in verse 4, word of the Father. And sometimes in the tweeness of the nativity, we forget that this baby is our Lord and our Savior. He is Christ the Lord. He is the Word of God in human form. And we live on the other side of the cross, remember. We know who the baby grew up to be. And yet sometimes we still struggle with our faith. Let's be real. So yes, we come faithful, but we all struggle with our faith from time to time. I'm on a daily basis probably praying that prayer, which I think there's a man in the Bible that encounters Jesus, and I think his, it's his son who needs healing. And he goes, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's me on a daily basis trying to function in this life. God, I know you can, but I need to know that you can and you will in this very situation I'm in. We all need to remind ourselves to come faithful and what it is to have faith in our situations. Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds, and the wise men had to believe, have faith. They had to hope that the baby was who they, they were told he would be. They, it was contrary to popular expectation. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to arrive on a big cloud and go, I'm here. And he didn't. He came as a little baby. And they had to dare and hope and believe and come faithfully to their part of the story. So our faith isn't in a feeble, dependent, crying, pooping, cluster feeding, spot the new mum. I can't quite talk, but I need you to know something. But it's, our faith isn't in that little baby. Like I said, our faith is in the, the God that resides within the baby body. Our faith is in God made man. Our Lord, our Savior, who commands angels, whose word does not return void. We've sung it this morning. He makes promises and he keeps his promises. That's who we come faithfully to. So can you come faithful this Christmas? 
Maybe this is for the first time. I don't know who's in the room. You might not have come faithful to Christ the Lord this, before, but you can do. As you can always come faithfully. You might come with hope and with curiosity. Or perhaps you've come faithfully every Christmas, but actually there's something new to discover about Jesus this Christmas. Or you're in a new situation that you haven't encountered before, and you need to engage Jesus in that situation, and you need to connect your faith and who God is this Christmas. So come faithfully. The second way we can come is joyfully. (laughs) And joy features heavily in the carols we sing at Christmas. And that is no accident, and that is no coincidence. Joy is very real, and like faith, has strength and substance to it. There are so many characters in the Christmas story, and we are going to read a few of them, because we need to get some Bible in here. There are so many characters in the Christmas story who are invited to come with joy, or look forward with joy as to what will happen. And the first one is Zechariah who is the father of John the Baptist. Luke 1.14 says, You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. And then Elizabeth, his wife, and John, their baby, unborn at this moment. In Luke 1.39-45, Afterward, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. And suddenly, Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a young woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others. For your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. Great favor is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. And then Mary responds in 46 to 49. She sings this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God. For he has set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I have been favored and blessed. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is his name. Mary connected Christ and Lord together. The shepherds, Luke 2. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. That's for someone. That wasn't even in my notes. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. We're not talking about just joy. Everyone's getting great joy or ecstatic joy at Christmas. And then the wise men. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men of all the characters in the Bible, the non-Jews in the Jewish story, connected joy and worship. They lost their wise man cool entirely. 
and they bowed down and worshipped God. And again, in this series that we've been doing, Sarah spoke at our carol service a couple of weeks ago about the wise men, about their background. They were learned men. They studied stars. They had logic. They, so to then be overcome with joy and then to bow down to a Lord that wasn't their Lord, but they recognized the majesty of this Lord and they worshipped him, they connected something. Joy and Christmas, joy and worship go together. There's been another day in the Bible reading plan that we've gone through and it just describes a moment. And again, I can really connect with this. It talks of Mary looking into the eyes of her newborn baby which is joyful enough in, it, in itself. We've got, we named our child Abigail for a reason, because Abigail means source of joy. It also says in the Bible that she was strong, that she was beautiful and intelligent. We'll have both of those. Thank you very much. But uh, she, it means source of joy, and she totally, totally is. But Mary wasn't just looking into the eyes of her newborn baby. She was looking into the eyes of her Lord. She was looking into the eyes of Jesus. And as Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the paths of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Mary knew, had the revelation that in the presence of Jesus, there is fullness of joy. And joy is very powerful, like I said. I don't even know if I want to even call it an emotion. I think it's much more than an emotion. I think it's a disposition. It is a conviction of the heart. Happiness is dependent on circumstances. Joy is fruit of the spirit. Joy is deep-rooted. It is a decision of the heart when we are born again, acknowledging Jesus as our Christ and our Lord. So perhaps you need to reconnect with Jesus if you haven't got joy, or if joy is lacking, or you don't have joy in your circumstances. It might not be that, it might be that actually you just need to return to Jesus this Christmas. You need to recenter him, realign him as your main focus. We can come joyfully because we choose to. We don't come unhappily. We come because we choose to come. Circumstances, like I said, may not appear joyful, but in your heart, wherever Jesus is, there is fullness of joy. Does joy need to be restored to you? Allow Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit, as it says in another psalm, to restore to you the joy of your salvation. Remember that the child grows up and the child purchased eternity for you. So come joyfully. And then, can anyone guess what the third one is? You don't. You don't. You're nervous in case you get it wrong. It is simple. Come triumphant. Come triumphantly. This is about coming confidently. And not coming confidently in ourselves. Not coming confidently at, in a place of, oh, look at me. I've got all the boxes ticked. I'm all ready for Christmas. It's not about that. It's about coming confidently in who Jesus is. It is about coming confidently knowing that he is the victor. He is Christ the Lord. He has victory. Remember, Jesus grew up. And Jesus won the ultimate battle over sin and death. 
But even before that, the fact that he arrived itself was triumphant. It was a triumph. It fulfilled hundreds of prophecies. It fulfilled hundreds of prophecies made hundreds of years ago. He became word made flesh, as it says in John. It's sometimes hard, though, to match victory and triumph and confidence with the baby in a manger. I get that. I find it hard, too. Jesus' birth itself seemed anything but triumphant. He was born into a stable full of animals, which poo. That's twice we've got poo in this preach. Full of poo. It was literally the world didn't actually have room for Jesus. Like I said, the, the Jewish people were expecting a Messiah to arrive on a great cloud and to make his presence known and everyone would quiver and quake in their boots. But he didn't. It's like Jesus like just snuck in. Because if you hadn't been visited by an angel or you hadn't followed a star, you had no idea that the Savior of the world had been born. But that's just like Jesus, isn't it? I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, when I pray to God for answers or directions, I some, you know, sometimes I would love like writing in the sky or, you know, word for word confirmation, you know, to go this way. But sometimes you get that little gut feeling. And let's be honest, you don't know if it's Holy Spirit or last night's tea. You know, or you might get, God forbid, choices. Choices. But, you know, you're just, I just want one thing. I want to know what I need to do. And God's like, mm, go this way. It's all right. Just trust me. Come on, come on, come on. Or he might send, you know, make a little suggestion and, or the first step. And you're, I don't want that. I want a bigger thing. But God's asking us to come faithfully and to know that he, and to remember that he is Christ the Lord. And in him, everything is held together. So while you may not look like you are victorious, whilst your situations might not look victorious, if you're in a situation and you cannot see your victory, you can still come triumphant. Because your disposition doesn't depend upon the circumstances around you. Your disposition depends on the one who surrounds your circumstances. We sing a chorus here, and it's, it, it's um, quite simple. It's got like three lines to it. And it says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. And so you might be in a battle. You might be in a difficult situation, and you need to come triumphantly. We need to come and, first of all, adore Christ the Lord. And that is how you fight your battles. That is how you fight. You worship God on bended knee. You acknowledge the Lordship of Christ in your life. And he restores to you joy despite your situations. And you see victory in your life because you look to the one who surrounds you. There's a prayer in the Old Testament, Lord, open their eyes that they might see. And they open their eyes and they see chariots of fire surrounding them. God is surrounding you today. Regardless of where you're at, you might not even know. You know, something might not have yet even happened, but something is going to happen. And, you know, I'm not sort of prophesying bad things, but bad things happen. 
But you need to remember, perhaps you need to prepare yourself now to just bolster yourself and remember that this is how I fight my battles. I praise my God on bended knee. I bow the knee and I worship. Come triumphantly, like the choirs of angels who worship God. And it's in verse 3 of the carol, glory to God in the highest. In the highest. That means that his name is above every other name. At the name, at the mention of the name of this baby boy, every knee in heaven and on earth will bow, must bow the knee. And that includes your knee. Bow the knee before Jesus this Christmas. Come triumphantly. Trust God and not your circumstances. And in all circumstances, worship and adore him, Christ the Lord. So, it's real simple. Come and adore. This is the application. This is where we have to do something. Come and adore. This is our response. This carol is an invitation to boldly, triumphantly, joyfully and faithfully approach and adore Jesus. And this invite is for everyone. Oh, come all ye faithful. Don't come alone. Invite people to come with you. Revelation 22. Yes, we are having revelation at Christmas. Revelation 22:17 says the spirit and the bride say come let anyone who hears this say come let anyone who is thirsty come let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life come is a conscious decision to move towards Jesus you can't come and not do anything you have to do something in order to come Move towards Jesus. Jesus moved towards us. He took the first step by being born as a baby. And now it's our turn to come towards Jesus. Jesus says again in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. But it's up to us to answer the door. We have to open it. So come this Christmas. Come to Christ, your Messiah, your Savior. And come to your Lord with all the majesty, authority, power and victory that come with his name. Come to him. Move closer to him. Don't wait for a New Year's resolution. Go, I'll start then. Come now. Come right now. This is an invitation to go deeper. To come closer to God, but to go deeper in our worship. What are you living for? What are you preparing for? Because there is more. Whether you've been on this journey of faith for 50 years or five minutes, there is more for you. And I read in a book recently, and it reminded, and it re it reminded me, this world is a temporary world. We're being prepared for eternity. And in eternity, where there is just God, we're going to spend eternity going, holy, holy, holy. Glory to God. So we might as well get our practice in now. <laughs> Let's practice for eternity where we spend eternity finding out every little individual facet of the God that we love and just exclaim, holy, holy, holy is our God.
because he's just glorious. He's just full of love. And he does love you. And you can come close. There's a quote by A.W. Tozer, and it says this. The impulse to pursue God originates with God, but the outworking of that impulse is our following hard, i.e. come and adore after him. And all the time we are pursuing him, we're already in his hand. So we have to move towards God, yes. But God's already looking after us. He's just waiting for us to realize, for the penny to drop. He's holding us. He's loving us. He is waiting for us to acknowledge him. He's waiting for us to come and adore him. And this is why we come faithfully, joyful, and triumphant. We know God will and has already accepted us just as we are. So we can come and adore So will you? Will you come and adore? Like I said, it's a conscious decision of your individual heart. Will you come and adore him this Christmas? The nativity, the shepherds, the angels, the baby being born, is a very holy moment. It is God breaking into our world. Just as he said he would. There's a Chinese philosopher called Lao Tzu, I think. And he says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So let's take a single step together, come all. Let's take that single step towards Jesus this Christmas. Let's move towards him with renewed faith, joyful in our salvation, and triumphant because we know that we are on the winning side because his is the victory. And then let's adore, come and worship Jesus this Christmas. Psalm 42, verse one and two says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, where can I go and meet with God? Is your soul thirsting after God this Christmas? Are you panting like a deer pants for water? Come and adore this Christmas. Here's your invitation. Wherever we're at on our faith journey, whoever we consider Jesus to be right now, there is an invitation right now to come and adore Jesus. Like I said, we're talking about, oh, come all ye faithful. And we're going to sing the carol, oh, come all ye faithful. But I think, like I said at the very, very beginning, sometimes we can skirt over the fact that because it's a carol, we miss the holiness. We miss the miraculous. So we're going to start by singing the chorus, oh, come, let us adore him. I really want us to check ourselves, to take stock a minute. Are we coming to Jesus and adoring our Christ, our Lord? And we're going to circle around the chorus until almost the penny drops. Because last week when we sang the chorus, 
the penny dropped for me and I was in floods of tears adoring Christ the Lord for the first time in the number of years I've been on this earth singing this carol. I adored Jesus in the carol. And it's an, there's an invitation for us all to go deeper this Christmas, to discover the grit of the joy of our salvation, the strength in our faith and the victory in our Christ. And once the pennies dropped, we'll sing the rest of the carol and we'll sing it with some celebration. But first of all, I want to read a psalm. And it's been read about three times over the course of this morning. So there's obviously a reason for this psalm to be read this morning. Paul read it at the start of the service. And I know that it was shared at prayer this morning as well. So this, someone needs to hear this psalm. And I think we all need to check our hearts and have, make, have a, a bit of conviction about us and make a conscious decision wherever we're at in our faith journey to step closer. And if you've taken the first step or you're considering taking that first single step this morning to know Jesus, then let me encourage you to use this song to approach him, to come close because he's waiting. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him intimately to come to that place of adoration you might not be at that place that might seem alien to you but if you want to know more why not this Christmas recognize the holiness of the baby in the manger and please do come and talk to us afterwards because we would love love to introduce you to Christ the Lord the best Christmas present ever but let's stand and I'm going to read Psalm 95 in the exact same version. So you've heard it twice. And there must be a reason. There is something that people need to hear. And let, make, let your heart and your soul come together. Let them be aligned. Listen to the words. And have a bit of a conviction about what we're singing this morning. So, come on everyone. Let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout our loudest praises. And it might not be a vocal shout, though it might need to be, but actually your heart might just need to cry out this morning. Let's shout our loudest praises to our God who saved us. Everyone come, meet his face with a thankful heart. Don't hold back your praises. Just because it's a carol, there is praise and there is worship in this carol. Make him great by your shouts of joy. For the Lord is the greatest of all, even in a baby body. He is the greatest of all. King God over all other gods. You need to remember that his name is the highest name. In one hand, he holds the mysteries of the earth. And in the other, he holds the highest mountain peaks. He holds you and he holds everything that you're going to face this Christmas and for the rest of your life. And he looks after you. He is the owner of every ocean the engineer and the sculptor of earth itself. He knows you. He formed you. Come joyfully. Come and kneel before this creator God. Come and bow. Bow. Maybe you need to bow this morning before the mighty God and majestic maker. For we are the lovers he cares for. And he is the God we worship. Let's come and adore Christ the Lord.